I know the Raiders well, finished their uh, their rookie mini contest. Yeah, man. It's football time. They're, it is their rookies. They're drafted and undrafted. Even though the playoffs for the NBA are about to start, it's still football time. Yep, yep, still football time. What's up, everyone? What is up? This is another edition of the CYJ Podcast. Your host, Charlie, my friend, Yanko. What's up, bro? What it do, man? What it do? Trying out some new tunes in the beginning. We're going to try to spice it up every once in a while. Eventually narrow it down to a select few, and maybe we'll have a little bit of a poll. For sure. For sure. Where's Josh? Josh called in sick. He did, and he pulled a fast one on us. I ain't gonna lie, man. He called um, in sick. He called in sick. So uh, I know he's already listening to this as soon as this comes out. Hey, Josh, you punked out on this, bro. Heck yeah, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm he over... had he had family. I think. I think it's he had a good family. Excuse. And... It's it's all that's right. What, but, that's what but, I like man, about our podcast. That's what I like about our podcast. Though we understand each other. Yeah. You and I can carry this. You and him can carry this. Uh, Either combination of all three of us, all of us, I think even one of us could carry. I was good. I've been thinking about that since Josh canceled. I was like, what would have happened? Uh, you know, because we had the conversation do we cancel today? We decided to pull through, but I figured if I bail out on Yanko, does he go on and do it himself? And not that I, I don't have a problem with it, that maybe, but that's a whole different dynamic, man. That's that is a, a, di- a, a solo Yanko is definitely a, de- a very defined fan base. So, (laughs) (laughs) but regardless, uh, Josh, you suck. Uh, we'll see you next week for sure, bro. And, uh, yeah, anyway, whatever. You know what? I might bite my tongue a little bit. I'm not here next week. So Yanko, you suck. Future Yanko, you suck. All I know is, all I know is I'm getting extra credit because I've yet to miss an episode. So I have like three or four. Okay. Teacher. I have, I have like three or four weeks stashed. For whenever I gotta take a long sick leave, <laughs> yeah, I gotta get, I gotta get some paid sick leave, sick, sick leave, sick leave. Anyway, so we are now. What is it? A good ten day? No, like eight days, nine days away from the draft concluding. Uh, the whole draft frenzy kind of come and gone. Uh, you mentioned it right now as we started. The Raiders already concluded their mini camp, right? Yes. Any any th- have you heard anything? Any rookies that stood out or they're not really saying much right now on that end i haven't read too much but i do appreciate the fact that they've already had it now off air you and i were talking about how mini camps i'm not sure if every team has their mini camp and that the dates are stipulated by the league i follow the raiders closely that's been known they finished it and it's a good time to see who they are the ones you drafted and the undrafted free agents that you signed now something that i didn't know that you brought up Charlie, last week or two weeks ago during the draft was that there's a huge difference between the rookies that signed through the draft and the ones who are signed after the undrafted free agents, mm-hmm. right? And yep. that's that's the contract issue. Not issue, but the contract uh, flexibility. You get to negotiate and stipulate what you want, what you don't want, and a little bit of more of a uh, a less written contract that might be already typed up when you get drafted and that's what you get yep yeah because ultimately when and, and that kind of changed a few years ago if you remember well you guys suffered from it with jamarcus russell i hate to bring it up but not the idea but yeah but you know yeah but but that's what used to happen back in the day rookies in the first round used to get these ridiculous contracts it was it was outrageous they would come in and they were already getting us a, a, a 100 million dollar contract for a kid that had never stepped on an NFL field. 
So I think it was, unfortunately, we're not going to have a director's cut. So we'll have to check to see what year that new wage came in. But they decided to figure out, you know, rookies shouldn't get paid that much. So nowadays, as you mentioned, there's a specific, you know, if you get, if you land in the first round and you're the top five picks, you're going to get this much no matter what. All it really is, is the language where sometimes you have rookies and their agents disputing. It's just the contract language more than anything. But it's, uh, I'm looking at here and, and yeah, I think uh, different teams have a different, it says uh, the 2021 rookie mini camps dates are either between May 7th to May 10th or May 14th to May 17th. Teams choose one of these weeks with to hold their rookie mini camps. And it mentions here that the only three teams to have done it from the first one was the Colts, the Raiders, and the Jets. I so. like it. I like it. You get to see what you have already. And I think it's a little bit of an advantage to start as early as you can to start seeing the how the rookie is by himself, without his agent around, without his, you know, if it's his pro day, without him feeling comfortable in his own, what he had been used to, mm-hmm. his practice field, his surroundings, his environment, and you're put him in, in a situation where... This is this is your new home. This is where you're going to be. Make sure that you start standing out. If especially if you were the number one draft pick, yeah, that, your that expectation is there. How much can you see in the Raiders' case from an offensive tackle? <laughs> I don't know, but there's there's sure people that specialize in that. They're specialized mm-hmm. in in every position. Now to go along with the contracts, and I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole too much, but you hit it. It, it popped in my head when you mo- mentioned the Jamarcus Russell first round faux pas that it was, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Would you say it's fair, Charlie, to kind of take that away to a degree? Now, and I'll come full circle on this. You're talking to guys, kids, who have been given everything their life, right? Let's let's use Jamarcus Russell as an example. This guy must have been a beast in middle school, high school, college. So much so that he kind of took it easy. And we saw that, we personally as Raider fans saw that on the field, right? Yeah. He, he, he was given everything. He was probably the kid who walked into class and he was a jerk in class. He, <sighs> he knew he was going to get passed. He knew he was going to make it. He already had a deal from, or not a deal, but uh, a commitment to a big school, uh, which was LSU. It's These guys are used to everything. And then you put them in a spotlight with... $80 million, $100 million because they're they're picked in the first round. Is that? Do you think that's a little bit of a recipe for failure or more of a recipe for success? Um, for, for failure, absolutely for failure. Uh, time and time again, you remember a lot of these kids come from very bad backgrounds many times. You know, they, they grew up in a bad household. They grew up in a bad neighborhood. Um absolutely have never seen more than maybe a hundred dollar bill throughout their life until you know and even then probably couldn't hold a job because again from what you're saying they have been told through the year you know don't worry about it you're going to make it to the nfl one day you're going to have all this money so what happens these kids get these 80 million dollar signing bonuses like it used to happen and suddenly they make all sorts of bad decisions because now not only are they star on the field they're a star in real life or at least that's what they think and they think they're above everything. And unfortunately, we've seen it with so many players that, heck, if it does, if it happens with veterans, imagine these rookies that are I, – I, I like how you said we don't want to open it too much, but I'm going to – little little side note that applies to this, and I promise I'll bring it full circle too. Trey Lance, 
uh, Niners quarterback that they, 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 they signed, mentioned that he's the, the, the first player drafted from the years 2000 and forward. So he's 21 wow. years old, 21 years old, bro. So, so to come back to what your point is, a 21-year-old, where were you at 21 years old? What, what decisions were you making at 21 years old? If, if I came to you with $80 million, what decisions would you ultimately make? Oh, my gosh. I used to, and shout out to the early 2000s, right? I'm going to make myself a little <laughs> bit older here. So for, for a little bit of context, I graduated in 2005 in El Paso. And back then to now, it's What's cool, bro? I graduated from Mountain View. Okay, cool. It's out there in Red Sands or close mm-hmm. to Red Sands. I used to think that balling out was a full tank of gas, <laughs> uh, not being grounded. And I used to work, uh, which uh, in a store that doesn't exist anymore, it was a competitor to Best Buy. It was Comp USA. Right oh, there nice. Off of, right there yeah. on Buy Count and I-10. I was getting about. Which eh, is like, now a Ross, by the way. Which is now a Ross, yeah. I was getting about uh, like two two eighty to three hundred and twenty bucks every two weeks, and with that, I was still making bad choices. I was I thought I was <laughs> set. I thought if I just picked it up, I was going to be able to get my own place. I was going to be able to do this and do that. Now, what do I mean? From humble beginnings, especially from having direction, not only from a good parents and. A, Surrounding yourself with good people, godly people, you mm-hmm. still make bad choices. You still yep. are propensed to walking in a direction that will give you an opportunity to fail. Now you accelerate that to what you just said, right? Bad influences, never really having any direction. Maybe uh, growing up in poverty and not having the opportunities because now you're rolling into what a lot of people would consider generational wealth. Yes. Or people that are coming to you that, hey, I'm your third cousin that met you through yeah. your grandma's sister's brother-in-law. Can I borrow 10,000 bucks? What's 10,000 bucks? Okay. What's 10,000 bucks to 80 million, to 90 million? And so... My but, do point, that a, but do that a, to 100 cousins? Exactly. Exactly. Now you're being placed in a situation that you're never trained for, you never think of, and the, the reasonable amount of chance for failure is there. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone failed. No. You had a bunch of people and a bunch of players that were successful, that did things, that had good agents, that listened, that did everything. I think I saw once on an interview where Marshawn Lynch, aka Beast Mode, up until he retired, the only money he was living off of was money he made out of advertisements, money that he made outside of football. And that's the way to go. And that's the way to go. All of his football money, what he aimed, what he earned playing on the field, he hadn't touched. And I think Gronk does the same thing. It's, it's there's, there's a few. There's a few out there that have. Yeah. And maybe these guys have learned. Maybe these guys had a good direction. Maybe these guys were just smart. One of uh, Marshawn Lynch's most famous things was you got to have your mentals. You got to have your chickens. You, what This big speech that he had. Uh, when yeah. Seattle brought him back out of retirement, right, for just to mm-hmm. play a couple of games. And it's true. It's true. My point being is now rookies get a contract and it's stipulated. And I actually appreciate that more because I feel like now they've got to work for it. Now, we just talked about last week, Van Der Esch didn't get renewed for his fifth year, right? Now he's got to ball out to get paid. 
If he wants this to continue to his career at what he does as a football player, he's got to make sure he earns it. And to a degree, it benefits him and it benefits the team ultimately. Look, the NFL is a business. Yep. Money is king in the NFL. And if you're not going to produce for me, there's a guy that's younger than you and cheaper than you that's going to come in and ball out. Absolutely. And, and you think about it, 95% of the NFL players, I would say 95% really, are players that for their entire life were better than their competition around them. Because remember, they, there are hundreds of thousands of players that don't make the NFL every day, every year. There, there's so many players out there that don't make the NFL. So these guys are the best of the best. So yeah, most definitely. You, you, you hand them the money, you know, you get the 5%, you get the, you get the guys that overachieved because of their work ethic. They're, they're just Kurt, but without falling too much off subject. And part of what you mentioned is what's going on. How are they getting better nowadays? I was reading how, even in these mini camps, it's not just all football. They have these seminars now where they teach these kids how to deal with their money, whether it's investing whether it's putting into real estate, whether it's going through their advertising money. I know Devontae Smith, they, they interviewed him. I don't know if you caught that interview, but they said he mentioned how he already had a plan what he was going to do with his money. And they even said, why would I get rid of my Altima that I have? It works. Yeah, and it's he's still good. driving the same car. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. And that's the way to go and invest it into Dogecoin. All right, you know what? Oh. I mean, <laughs> little, little, little jab there. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still a little butthurt that it went down a little bit. I was a little excited on how, how much it was trending up. But, you know, this kid, uh, what's this kid from the Broncos? Um, he was with the Seahawks. He was a right tackle, Akung. I don't know if you remember uh, Russell Okung. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so he he left the Packers. I mean, the, the Packers, yes, the yes, Seahawks. Yes, 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 yes. He decided to actually, whatever contract the, the Broncos offered him, he asked them to pay them, pay him in bitcoins four years ago. So imagine that this player comes in and he's like, "I want to get paid like this." He's thinking long term. Yeah. Why? Be- because and imagine, I mean, obviously now he's he's at the point where whatever he earned four years ago, that money just imploded. And he probably made more than Tom Brady made his entire career. But it kind of just shows you that the, this new generation of players, at least whether it's they're getting less money and they have to have a better game plan. Or at least they're getting better education as to how to spend their money. At least it seems that way a little bit. I see, I see this other podcast, and I totally recommend it uh, to our listeners. It's called I Am Athlete. Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor. It's a good one. Ocho Cinco. Yeah. And uh, Channing Gardner. Channing Gardner? What's his name? No. Director anyway. Yeah. yeah, Channing anyway. something. The... One of the episodes, they have Drew Slandry on and Stefan Diggs. And they start talking about their finances. And one of the questions they ask football players when they when they get on the show, they ask them, what's the first thing they bought? And Stefan Diggs said something, and I think it was Stefan Diggs. He said something about how he saw that ESPN 30 for 30 uh, broke and how many professional athletes made so much money and were broke. Now we're talking about athletes like uh, Walker, who was a—I think he's the most one of the guys that they feature. He was a basketball player who played for the Celtics. He played for the Heat, made tons of money for an athlete as a basketball player, and now he's broke. If it was bad investments, if it was bad choices, everything for how much they were uh, dropping in the night for the nightlife, for mm-hmm. the socialite part of it, just to have fun, to bad business choices. And it alludes to what you were talking about because 
Now you have a generation that it's looking at the mistakes of the past. Earlier in other podcasts, we've talked about how, I think we touched on it, how Derek Carr was making the last two years 20, 19 million and 21 million, the last two years yep. of his contract. Mm-hmm. That's cheap now for a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you, that's don't want 20, crazy. You, don't, you don't want $19 million? <laughs> I mean, golly, that's uh, if you invest right and you get everything right, that is generational money Heck for your yeah. kids, for your grandkids, for your grandkids, kids, and so on and so forth if you invest right and do it right. My point, as time has progressed, players make more money. Mm-hmm. And as they make more money, they have more choices to either succeed or to fail. Yep. You could buy a Bentley or you could stay in your Altima. You could surround yourself with a good core group of people or you could surround yourself with 30 people and walk around like Money Mayweather and support that many people. Now, he makes an insane yeah, amount that, of money. That's, that's another level. So at That's that point, another just... level. But I really appreciate that. Not to bring it, now to bring it back full circle, right? I really appreciate <laughs> that about how rookies are now. It's an earn to keep. Yes. Earn to make. Now, there's some positions that, and I think, Charlie, you talked about, like the running back position that has kind of fallen out of grace from 10, 15 years ago. You've got some positions that are making more than what they used to now, especially at the edge position or the defensive line position, right? In comparison to uh, offensive line or whatnot. But along the same lines, there are some faults that I don't like. For example, did you see the story this past week since we had the last podcast about the offensive lineman for the Broncos who yes. injured himself working Juan out? Jennings, right? Yes. He injured himself working out, and that I failed to uh, brush up on it before the podcast, but if he tore his ACL on a workout session that wasn't team-friendly, not friendly, but in team facilities or as a part of a team effort, he was standing to miss like $20 million. Something like that, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and that's the business side of it, right? And, and, and you know, and the players were arguing about that to a certain were. degree. It's a big deal. It's been all over Twitter. It's all over the news. You know, uh, players are completely upset about whether this is even fair. And you know what? We can we can probably expand a little bit on that conversation. But to me, there's two sides to every story. Personally, the contracts do stipulate any injury that falls outside of the facilities, it's on you. However, they also expect for you to come back into the facility during the offseason in, in premier shape. So what are you supposed to do? Now, I understand these players that sometimes decide to skip the voluntary workouts and then they end up getting hurt. And it's like, well, dude, that's really on you. But what happens in the months of January, February, March, April? You're expecting these guys to keep their premier shape, yet they can't get hurt? Bro, you can tear your ACL doing anything nowadays, really. It can happen at any, especially for these big athletes. I, I, is it unfair? Yes, it's unfair. It's but it's unfortunately, you know, it, it's one of those things where we say, you decided to be in that business anyway. So you lost $20 million. I'm sorry. You know, I think that's something Josh would say. He'd be like, you're, you're the one that decided to do this. You're the one that that now accidents happen, right? And I just was able to bring up the information. Uh-huh. According to Adam Schefter, the Broncos offensive tackle, Jawan James contracts James. Okay. told last year. Not told, like I told you, but told, like T-O-L-L-E-D, which means that last year, he was playing on, this year, he's playing under his 2020 contract year, 
which had 10 million guaranteed. He skipped last year because of COVID. So now they they move his contract year over mm-hmm. this year. And because of his 10 million guaranteed for skill and injury and another 10 million in 2021, the potential of his torn Achilles injury today is 20 million. So because he skipped Yikes. out on last year, they move forward all of that earnings and all that money into this year, couple it with what he should have had in 2021. That's why it amounts to, to 20 million. A little bit of a loophole. It's hard to say because you could. There's no way that when they signed this contract, they were going to predict that a pandemic was going to happen. But he right. opted out. So now they roll into two years worth into one. He has this unfortunate uh, injury, and now he's looking at a pretty substantial and significant loss in in funding. And to say that it's unfair, I I think so, man. I mean. Others could it, say, and I think it, Josh would it say is. that. But. Yeah, and it is and it isn't. I like I to, to try to get a little bit of debate going. It is and it isn't. Like I understand it, but like I understand the concept of it. But at the end of the day, man, every time you work out in your own home, you're bound. There's a chance you might get hurt. There's a yeah. chance you might ultimately get hurt, and that's on you. The, the, there is a question I have though, because my understanding had been because some of the players that I know, like the ones I read upon, they had mentioned how. Anybody who opted out, like their contract was going to continue exactly the same and pretty much imagine that that year didn't happen. So that's not the case with this kid? No. So it says, uh, I continuing to read information, that because the injury took place away from the Broncos facility, the team could place him on a non-injury list. Which they already did. I, which I they already today. did, yeah. So Denver would not be obligated to pay his 9.85 base salary. And it says players who opted out of last season were eligible for between 150000 to 350000 So they were still going to get a little bit of money, a little <laughs> bit. That's still six figures, right? Y- yeah. But in uh. comparison to the millions, a little bit of money. But because they told the T-O-L-L-E-D, told and rolled it into this mm-hmm. year, that's why he finds himself in the situation. He opted out. Now, it doesn't mean that the... Broncos can't pay them that money, right? It, they can if they want. They make that choice. Now, my question would be, and that's not an answer I know, if they decide to pay it, does it hit their cap? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would have to research that because if it doesn't hit your cap, then at the end of the day, that's 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 you know, that's nothing for that owner. And at that point, that's where I say, you know, make some sort of resolution. But if if it does hit your cap, then as a general manager, I'm thinking, bro, that's on you. That's on you because that, you know, that's that's ultimately on you. So that's where I kind of that's my take on that. It, it would depend on whether it's coming from the cap or it's ultimately coming from just the owner's pocket. I think there's there's something to say about uh, what what you mean and what you're trying to say. And I totally get it. I would try to be more smart about my contract to say, OK, if I got injured doing something stupid. Like if he's out there wakeboarding, yeah, and he tears his Achilles, and that's on you. Be more responsible mm-hmm. with your body. But if you've got a a team approved trainer, and you have a a workout facility, a small home gym, that's maybe stipulated by the team to go, hey, this is what you can do. Here are your workouts, and I go to an extreme, right? I'm gonna record every workout. I'm gonna follow to the T what the team has told me to do. 
and I'm going to be very subjective to everything the team is telling me on paper and following it to the detail. And it happens. You're telling me that the difference between me losing nothing and 20 million is because I did a workout at home and not at your facility. Because if that would have happened at your facility, then I keep my money. Yep. But because it happened at home, and I'm not saying this is the case, but because it happened at home, I'm done. So to a certain degree, maybe this becomes, because we've seen it time and time again, how in the NFL certain things expand and then become like a rule. Maybe, maybe this is an initiative for the NFL to realize, heck, we're a billion dollar company, billions and billions of dollars come through the NFL. Yeah. Why don't we just pay all these players a professional trainer where he has to follow this kid everywhere he has to, he wants to go for training purposes. And technically at that point, he is still in the facility. And like you said, if anything happens other than, you know, a, a, a freak accident, he, he goes and he wants to go play basketball with his buddies. Well, that's on him. If he wants to go skateboarding, that's on him. But if it's if it's some sort of like you said, without doubling what you just said, why doesn't the NFL do that? Make why not just pay, you know, and, and at this point, you know, it's clear cut. And at that point, it's like, well, if you don't want to go with that workout or that trainer, that's on you that's at on that you. point. You know, yeah. I would think that'd be a, a, a one way to you know solve this situation and and not have any of that. So it's it's cool stuff. It's good, it's it's um it's interesting because we probably spent like 25 minutes on stuff that we didn't even think we we're going to talk about, man. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. We but were going to, yeah, go ahead. It's relevant to your team because yeah. now, and, and just to put a final thought on it, this is an offensive tackle that signed a, a four-year contract in 2019. This is a guy you were supposed to depend on. This is a guy that is protecting your quarterback. Now, ironically, Denver right now isn't synonymous with quarterback, right? Or are they? Exactly. That's exactly where I'm going, Charlie. Are they a team that is trying to make sure that they have a stout offensive line? Maybe they say, hey, you're going to lose out on this money. We have this money. We can apply this money for this salary cap year Mm. towards someone else, towards maybe a cheaper offensive tackle and a quarterback. Now, the draft is over. Could be. Could be. Could be very well be. So let's transition into that possible conversation. Because you know, I know, the listeners know, Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's... But let's expand this conversation into two names. Because we're probably going to talk about a lot of the same teams. Yeah. And and again, outside of the legal aspects of it, I have been reading today, this morning I was actually reading, that the Eagles are actually all in on Deshaun Watson if and only if all the legal issues are are completed with so that just kind of got me thinking so we've heard broncos rogers we've now heard this with the eagles and watson what teams are out there that could hypothetically still be interested in either one of these two you don't have to talk about both but particularly what what catches your attention on that i think just quarterback needy mm-hmm. the draft is over we saw some teams right up. post draft post draft yeah. right I said it during our podcast show, uh, mock draft and actual draft editions, that the Broncos needed a quarterback. I was a little shocked that they didn't get one, but the Broncos are definitely a team that need a quarterback. I think that, I really think that the Eagles can do something with Jalen. That's a just a 
whimsical of an opinion, but you just mentioned it. Trash. Let's put the Eagles. <laughs> let's He's put trash. The, let's put the Eagles there in that conversation. I think the Giants. I don't think Daniel Jones is the next quarterback for the G-Men set in stone. All right, Josh. I mean, Josh, uh, Yankel. So, oh, he misses Josh. Yeah. So, Hurts. <laughs> so, let me get this straight. You're good with Hurts at the Eagles, but not Daniel Jones with the Giants? I'm not or, saying. Or are, are you saying you still think Daniel Jones is better? You just don't think he's the future? And my my take on that is we've seen a glimpse of, of Jalen, right? He came in for Wentz towards the second half of the year, and that's mm-hmm. all he's played. Now he gets a new coach. Now he's not under pressure. He has to win now. I just want to see a little bit more of Jalen. So you, seen, it's more of a question mark. It's you, more of a question mark. Okay. I've seen Daniel and what he can do. You know, Danny Dimes, he can run hecka fast. And trip fall over fast his, too. Yeah, trip over his own shoelaces. He's got. He's serviceable. He's serviceable. I'm not comparing the two. I just think that Jalen maybe one more half a season or a season to really see what he can do. He remember, guys. The Eagles have a new coach. They have a new everything. Yeah. So, needless to say that I don't think either one is a serviceable quarterback, or that that's one that the franchise has said we're sticking with this guy. That's that's so, really ne- neither is. is set in stone. Neither. neither is set in stone. I have to say though that Jalen, I feel, is in a worse situation. I just think he's in the middle. He had no allegiance to nobody. I feel, I, I feel it's so tough. You just said it. There, everything's new, so I don't think there's much there. Yeah, unless a guy like Watson comes in. Correct, correct. Uh, I I don't think the Lions are set with Jared. I don't think so either. Yeah. That's definitely a team that maybe they go a year with Jared and see and evaluate afterwards, but I don't think they're completely married. They traded for him. They traded for, I think, for what they got back too. I think. Correct. And maybe, you know, I would like to see his cap situation though. If maybe they can cut him after this year and it's not that bad. Something that we can look into in, in the future, but I agree. I, if I'm the Lions, if, and especially if I'm the new coach of the Lions, why in hell would I want Jared Goff? Why? <laughs> why? You know why? Yeah, I'll, it was I'll definitely uh, hurts over Jared Goff. Jalen yeah, over Jared. Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. That's I, def- yeah, I, and, and again, that's how low I see Jared Goff. I, I to look. It's very simple, Yanko. If Jared Goff couldn't succeed in Sean McVay's offense when it yeah. mattered. He did it during the regular se- season, but when it mattered most, he's not going to do it in other teams. I'm sorry. It, Matthew Stafford is coming. Yeah, no, no, no way. But we'll see. Maybe yeah. maybe time proves me wrong. The Saints are in need of a quarterback, I would say. That one's interesting. That, that one's, one's interesting. interesting. Come on. J- you think Jameis or Taysom Hill is going to be the next foundation? No, more than, more than anything for me, it's interesting as – I don't believe Rodgers ends up there because if I'm the Packers, there's no way on earth I'm sending them to Mr. Sean Payton. There's no way I'm going to see Aaron Rodgers succeed for the final parts of his career with Sean Payton. However, Deshaun Watson to the, from the AFC to the NFC, if stuff gets settled down, granted, I don't know how in hell the cap would work there, bro. At that point, it's it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, we've seen that this guy works miracles, but this is this would be a just, but no, I don't know. I think the Steelers are close to needing a quarterback. So let's talk Steelers. What let's say that let's say right now the Packers were like, okay, we're gonna trade him. What do you do with Big Ben? 
I mean, you just restructured his deal. Right. So you already, I don't think they can. I'm not, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right now, I'm not thinking logistically or something that makes statistical sense in regards to their finances and their actual situation. I'm running down a list of teams that is in need currently or within a one-year window. Gotcha. So quarterback needy is all you're saying. Quarterback needy. Yeah. The Texans, obviously, if Deshaun leaves. What would you, would you do this? Would you go Rodgers for Watson? Nah, man. No, I don't think I, I don't. If you're the Packers. If everything's okay legally with Deshaun and you his name to. is cleared, yeah, you kind of have to. I was thinking Rodgers doesn't want to go to Houston. Oh, no, hell no. <laughs> Rodgers doesn't go I mean, to that'd Houston. Be, that'd, probably be one, becomes, that'd be one way to stick it to him if you're the GM. He of the probably Packers. becomes the Jeopardy host, you know, like something <laughs> something like that, or stars in a movie with his soon to be wife, right? And yeah. here's a dark horse for me. There's two teams left on my list, so I'll leave the dark horse, dark horse for last. I think Washington. Well, that's not your dark horse. No. Okay. I think Washington could use a quarterback eventually. My dark horse, the Vikings. Now they have Kellen Mond. I I know that. Kirk yeah, Cousins is there. Yeah, but but Kellen Mond is a project, and if you have the option for either of these two, you throw away that project. Correct. And Kirk Cousins, he's a serviceable quarterback, man. He's a guy that I think bounces around the league once his tenure with Minnesota is over. I don't think they repay him. I don't, maybe they, maybe they franchise him if something doesn't come about. But would you say that Kirk Cousins is a a staple of the Minnesota Vikings moving forward for the next five years? No, no, I would not. My gut instinct tells me no. No, I, I think, and I think uh, Kirk Cousins is just a type of guy that wherever, wherever he goes, he's going to start. Till the end of his career, maybe the last two three years he ends up being a serviceable backup, but not the guy that that you feel oh we're gonna win the Super Bowl behind this guy he, unless Kyle Shanahan's the coach. I can <laughs> definitely see the huh, Kyle Shanahan. I you know how much he loves, and that's why I yeah, say that. I can definitely see his career turning into what Fitzmagic is now. Bounce around the league, capture some lightning in a bottle. Although Fitz, Fitz was ultimately, he's gotten better with his older years. He has, but why doesn't he stay somewhere? Because they keep moving him around. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's good for a one, two year, but no one's committed to him as of late or ever for that matter. Yeah, yeah remember, the Bills? He, he got a big contract with the Bills. Yeah, yeah. Which was the one team that, it looked there for a moment like he was going to be the future of the Bills organization. Yeah, yeah. I think his career kind of goes... In that direction, mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you. Hey, dude, but respect, man, for Fitzpatrick. For them. Oh, yeah. Talking about money, amount of money. And then uh, uh Harvard graduate, you can only imagine that that kid knows what he's been doing with his money. Yeah, he's he's got brains and whatnot. But those are the teams that I think have a quarterback. Now, which ones realistically land? You forgot a team. Who? It's not a quarterback knee. But it's it's oh. continues to be thrown out in conversations, and we've discussed it. And it's your Raiders. I'm just saying, yeah. we don't have to talk about it too much. No, we're, when we're talking, because and maybe you said not quarterback needy, but now that you're entering the realistic possibilities, I would put that one realistic possibility. I would not be surprised. 
Look, to me, and I'm not going to go too much and to be a homer on the Raiders. I didn't mention the Raiders for two things. One, I like Derek Carr, and he's cheap for who he is. He is. For the next two years, and I think maybe you franchise him another year and see where he goes. He's in year three going on year four, somewhere along those lines. I'm sure Josh, when he's hearing this, he's going to go, no, Wait, it's this year, or that. Year three of what? With Gruden. Oh, I was going to say. Not yeah, his I'll... contract. With Gruden. Okay, 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 okay. With Gruden. Uh, he's learning the system. He's getting offensive weapons. He continues to get some. He's getting year two of some of the uh, wide receivers that were drafted high. Like mm-hmm. Henry Ruggs. Uh, so on and so forth. Anyway. I'm not comparing Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers. I'm not. Statistically, they're almost the same guy. Statistically. Now, the, the the amount, the completion percentage, the amount of interceptions thrown, they have a completely different game. But statistically, they're the same guy. Aaron and Derek, Aaron's better. Aaron's better. Hands down, Aaron's better. But I think there's a certain level of respect for Derek that is unmentioned because of, and I think you or Josh said it last week, Derek is a piece that if they trade for Aaron, isn't a bad piece to go to Green Bay. Heck no. I He's, think it's a great piece. I, yeah. So it's, there's not, is there a dip? There is, but we're not talking about a monumental valley of a dip. We're talking about something. So that's why I'm comfortable. That's why I'm comfortable with Derek. I'm comfortable. I didn't mention them because are we, are the Raiders going to need a quarterback eventually? Yeah, but it's not. I talked about, I'm looking at now and a win, one year window. That's that's kind that's of where. Well, because hypothetically, Derek Carr could hypothetically, I'm not sure because we don't know anything, but hypothetically could still be the quarterback of the Raiders for the next ten years if things went right. He could. He, he could. He's not. He's not. He's not old. He's no, still young. He needs to manage. He needs to win, and I think there's more pressure for me as a fan. There's more pressure on Chucky. There has to be and Mike yes. Mayock than there is on Derek. Yes, absolutely right, bro. There's no doubt about that. I think as an outsider that's not a Raider fan, everyone has to see that. Has to see that. Derek has handled the whole situation with Jack Del Rio, with the trash coaches he had before Jack, to Chucky now with poise and professionalism. And that's something I really respect about him. I don't think he's ever going to go out and be unprofessional, but he's been consistent. We're, we're, we're talking about a guy who in 2016 was an MVP candidate. So you, how much do you trust Derek Carr? Let's say that happens straight across, traded, Packers get him. What position do the Packers end up in their division if Derek Carr is a quarterback? Considering that Kirk Cousins, it's Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and who knows? Justin Fields. Chicago, Justin Fields slash Andy Dalton. I still think he wins the division. Me, I, I hate that I, I have to agree with you. <laughs> But no, yes, I still I, think he wins the division. Other than I think his biggest competitor is not isn't just Kirk Cousins. It's Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I would say it's Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. <laughs> if you yeah, get what I mean. Yeah, because it's I, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. They're, they're a stronger force than well. I mean, Aaron Jones is there, but Aaron Jones versus Dalvin, that's that's definitely debatable. It's debatable because Aaron is more of a of a, of a PPR machine, and that's a little. 
glimpse of what we'll talk about in a bit. And Delvin Cook is more through the ground. He he's known to get he all he really catches Delvin Cook are screens. Yeah, but he's not known as a guy that can run a wheel route and then catch it in in in, in traffic. Not gonna he's more, he's more power. Yeah, absolutely. He's more power. He's he's fast as all and get out. Yeah, he but is. he's all he's more power. So not to go down a, a Raiders rabbit hole, but that's why I didn't mention the Raiders. Mm-hmm. It's I no, just fair, 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 fair. Now in a one year window, Josh might defer. He's not much of a uh, a Derek Homer, but I am. I, I so like with, without without expanding and let's just let's just guess right here. Your best educated guess. Week one of the NFL season. What uniform is Deshaun Watson wearing? If legally. He can play. If everything is cleared, I still think he's in Houston. I think there's yeah. there still needs to be a year of of subtlety on his part, mm-hmm. and for the for the storm to kind of weather out to calm down a little bit. I think it's too. It's I know it's only early May, but to gamble. Yeah, your your whole on, your, your, your whole franchise. franchise, especially after the the maybe it's because the draft just happened that I feel that not a lot of teams other than some of the ones we talked about or mentioned on this list have a lot of capital that the Texans would be interested in. Now, has it dropped since before the allegations? It has, it has. So that's why I think Houston hangs on to him, and if his his name is cleared, it's only it only behooves. Deshaun to ball out this year. Yes. To raise yes. his stock again. He has to. That's the only thing he's got left because I, I agree with you to a certain degree because it's the the Texans did lose out on value because they didn't trade him. And now they, they absolutely are not going to get what they were going to get. I would just caution that by saying if these, for some reason, I, we've seen it in sports. I've never seen 23 allegations get fixed under the rug. But if for some reason they get paid off and, you know, everything gets cleared out and everything's good and it's still July, I could I could see something happen. I could. It's not impossible. It's not. It's, it's not. It's not impossible. I just. If allegations are cleared, I am going to go out and say that he is wearing a Philadelphia jersey. Oh, next September. OK. OK. That's my that's my hot take. But so let's go, Rogers. We've already we asked this question almost every week. But let's let's just continue with this question as until the season basically starts. Based off of what's happened in the last week, have your thoughts changed on Aaron Rodgers being in another uniform come week one? No, no, not at all. Especially after a story broke today, I think about the Packers reaching out to Rodgers and offering him a very lucrative long-term deal in Green Bay. I, I hate to agree, man, but yeah, that's exactly. It. I mean, it's the, think about it, Aaron. He's a good player. He's. It was mentioned last week. He's kind of a jerk. At least that's what he gives off, right? He's kind of is a big presence. He's in... a jerk when you're not in agreement with him, basically. Exactly. It's his way or the highway. Exactly. And I think he has the the goalie to do it because he's proven himself. It's not some rando athlete that's acting out. You know, he's he's an MVP. He's a Super Bowl winner. He's yada 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 yada. I, totally. However, there aren't a lot of teams, I think, that have A, the draft capital, and B, that want to deal with that. 
Now the mm-hmm. Packers have dealt with him since is it what 2008 or prior? They drafted him earlier. I think they but drafted he, him in 06, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they some somewhere around there, and he started in 08, 09. Yes. If anyone knows how to manage Aaron Rodgers and who he is, it's Green Bay. It's Green Bay. He's lived there. That's his career. That's where he is. And even after all of this brush fire that's been in the offseason between them and the front office and the supposed text about him criticizing the GM and, and I all that shenanigans, all the shenanigans, I, I honestly believe that he stays there. Money talks. And if they if they offer him, they'll go, look, here's some hush money. Keep playing. You'll be fine. Yep. And and it's not surprising the thing that come week eight, week nine, we're talking Aaron Rodgers back to back MVP discussion. It, it, it's not surprising because if Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay, we it's very simple. This is sometimes I'm not saying that there that this isn't real, but sometimes during the offseason, these stories get bigger than they might even be. And yeah. come week two, heck, not week one, come week two. We might be forgetting this whole story by week two. Interesting to note that it was quoted, and I don't know who who he was having the conversation with, but Devontae Adams did say, and threw a little bit of shade, that if Rodgers wasn't in Green Bay, he would definitely consider leaving. Yes. And and that's where it's interesting, because if he's gone, now it starts talking. Who's your franchise? Yes. Love and Jones? And if that. you're Aaron Jones and you just resign, see, if you're Aaron, I think that's one of the, and maybe it call me biased for being from El Paso and all that. But if I'm Aaron Jones, I'm wondering, geez, Louise, I just resigned a four year deal. He had to. I, we've, we've talked about I the think, running back position, man. But he I, had think he, to. I think he gets that money close to that money somewhere else. I really do. I, I had heard rumors, and, and this is not trying to, but the night, because I watched them on the Bleach Report. And Niners were interested in Aaron Jones into a very similar contract. So if you ask me, maybe you're Aaron Jones and you're like, I mean, you go back to Green Bay, no doubt. But if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back and you see what could have been with the Niners, you start wondering like, dang, man, like, because maybe it's a one-year contract and then you're gone. Yeah. And then you lost value. So that's where, where it kind of or, gets. Or flip it, Charlie, flip it. Okay, Aaron's gone. You start, you start taking trade offers. Give me a first rounder for... Devonte Adams or Devonte. Give me a second rounder or a third rounder and take his contract for Aaron Jones. So you're saying if if Rodgers is gone, maybe maybe re, just rebuild this whole thing from scratch. As historic as a franchise as Green Bay is, That's where I don't it's hard. think I yeah. think it's hard to do. But if you have everyone bail, why not take advantage? Yeah, of maybe maybe go into next year's draft with three, four first rounders and and. Who knows? I guess what the crappy part is for them is they're not supposed to be good quarterbacks coming in next year. And it's way too early to tell. And we've seen quarterbacks just branch out out of nowhere. So I'm not going to believe that hype too much. But because in my whole lifetime, I could be wrong. But do you remember a draft class where not at least one quarterback was still considered Relevant. to be good, you know, into the draft? I think the last time that there was a like, okay, there's not that much hype behind the quarterback position coming out of college. Was Sam Darnold and whoever, I mean, I think 
I forget that who. was that was Darnold. Well, but Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen wasn't as hyped back then. No, he was like a fourth rounder, wasn't he, or a third? No, rounder? no, he, he, no. He was a first. He was, he a, was first. a first. Yeah, he was a first. He was just a. Um, I think he, I'm gonna say he's in the 10, 11. But Josh, if you're listening, start taking notes for when you come back. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so so there, there's a lot of good stuff coming in. I'm I'm excited because it is now May 10th. So we are, what is it, June, July, August. We are three months away from actual football. And whether you call it preseason football or not, to me it's football. I get excited. You start seeing players that might break out. Remember, we didn't see preseason football last year, so I'm just excited to see football once again. Here's a question for you, Charlie. Okay. If Aaron isn't wearing a Green Bay jersey, what is the highest percentage team that you think lands Aaron? Aaron? The Denver Broncos. Denver Outside. Broncos or the Raiders. Outside of Houston for Devon, Deshaun. Where does he land everything cleared? Deshaun? Uh-huh. The Eagles. Man, I, I can't just I, I just can't wrap my head around the Eagles, but maybe, maybe, maybe that's where you and me completely disagree because of Jalen Hurts. And for me, the whole aspect of of I don't believe in Jalen Hurts. The, uh, the the outside chance for me would be the Saints. I just feel that their cap is just it's. I I, I would think if I'm the rest of the the other 31 teams, I start a riot if the if the Saints trade for Deshaun Watson. And I would say there is no way on hell you guys are doing this right. There's no the way Saints pick up Deshaun. Set I think sensibly. If Houston just flat out cuts him. Oh, yeah. Now, you know who picks them up, bro? <laughs> That's the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Even Well, I don't care that Mac Jones is there, bro. They would, st- yes, in a heartbeat. And that would be at completely atrocious. Man. They would. They would. I think there's a lot. If, it, if he just gets straight out cut, there are a ton of teams lining up. I didn't think the Patriots were going to be one of them, but maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. The I only, only, only time will tell on that answer in particular. Yeah, only, yeah, only most time. definitely, most definitely, and uh, I don't know, man. And this leads me on to the next point about players and free agency and everything else. Uh, unless you have something else to add about the the no, I was but, I was actually gonna introduce you to the yeet. So if you want to mention something before that, I guess uh, this one isn't gonna be a full yeet. I, this one is gonna be an interactive. Yeet with you, oh, Charlie. Wow. Look at that. All this right. It's going to be a little bit of an interactive yeet. I have a little bit of a problem with the thought process behind a recent acquisition by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, I'm glad you're bringing this up, bro. I, I have a little bit of a problem with it. And I'm going to elaborate a little bit why. So this week's Yanko's Yeet is in conjunction with Charlie's opinion. Tim Tebow has been signed to a one-year deal by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, tell me, it, it's a lot of, it's who you know, right? Urban Meyer, no Tim Tebow were very, very successful in Florida, the University of Florida, to win a national, I think, two national championships. Uh, With had, all the... All those, all those, uh, what is it? Those criminals in that team? Yeah, so the most notorious one being Aaron Hernandez. However, 
You are telling me that a guy who hasn't played in the league for a little over eight years, eight years, that A, there isn't a more serviceable tight end in the league, and B, someone like that is signed, but Kaepernick isn't? Oh, well, you took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Kaepernick isn't signed? Yeah. But Tim Tebow is? That's insane. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that there's 32 backups, and I'm going to just use backups that are better than Colin Kaepernick? Bro, if the Niners had Colin Kaepernick as the backup last year, <laughs> with their in- with the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo, we couldn't figure out our backup situation. We sucks. Colin Kaepernick, he's not. He's, I mean, he's he's obviously who he is, but he's still pretty darn good. Yeah. You know, okay, I, so let's let's use that. Kaepernick is better than Beathard. Yes. Kaepernick is better than Mullins. Yes. I'm not sure if Kaepernick is better than Mariota. But I think Mariota is a, a very serviceable very, number two. They're very different, but I would put them at equal level. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go uh, some of the more famous teams in the league. The Steelers quarterback position, aside from uh, Roethlisberger, right? I think their backup it, is uh, Mason, Mason Rudolph. He just got extended, bro. Jeez. That's You're telling me saying. that Mason Rudolph is exactly. better than Kaepernick? Exactly. That, that, it's ridiculous. And just to note, Kaepernick, 33 years old. Tim Tebow, 33 years old. Yeah. What? No no way. No way. Gardner Minshew is better than Kaepernick? Ah, that, that's, that, a, that, that's hard, That's a man. hard one. That's but the fact one. that you're, you're having to flirt with the idea that it wasn't an automatic, like, no. 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 Here's a starter slash starter, Andy Dalton. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. You're telling me that Andy Dalton is more athletically gifted than Kaepernick? Mm-hmm. No, come on, man. I don't, I don't believe that there, out of 32 teams, that there are at least 16 backup quarterbacks better than Kaepernick. Now, maybe let's switch it around because maybe we're going about this wrong. Maybe listeners are like, okay, well, you two morons, we're not talking about a quarterback. He's coming in as a tight end. Okay. But you mentioned it. You're telling me there isn't an undrafted tight end out there that's 21 or 22 years old that is better than a guy that has never played tight end in his life? Have you seen that that undrafted international guy from Chile? Yes, I did see him. That dude looks beastly. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that Tebow is going to get an opportunity, and I know he signed somewhere, but that there's guys like him out in the world that aren't as good. Take a flyer on them. Take a flyer on someone. It's just, yeah, no, it got me really rattled up because to me, it just kind of shows, oh, even in the NFL, it's all about knowing someone. And in this case, Urban Meyer. I, I I wonder. It's probably Tim Tebow called up his former coach and said, "Coach, hey, uh, any chance? You Give me a mill. I'll sign yeah. for a mill. I'll sign for a mill. Give me a chance. See what's up. I got nothing against Tim Tebow. To me, this is more of a of, of an Urban Myers. For me, it's like, dude, it's you just yeah. it's very telling of your new leadership and direction. Okay, if you're if you're a guy that's gonna go, okay. I'm going to draft Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to draft Etienne. I'm going to draft this. I'm going to draft that. I'm going to get Jacksonville on the map. 
Wait. One of my first decisions after the draft is going to be to sign Tim Tebow. Now, Tim Tebow could ball out and and do crazy stuff, right? He, he could be a, a tight end gadget player. Could be. Could be. Because he can throw. It almost feels like they want to make him into Taysom Hill kind of thing. That's how I kind of visualize That is that. probably the smartest thing I've heard today. Well, that, that, that he might become a next Taysom Hill. I don't know. I have no idea. But there were free agent tight ends. You know what? Hold on. I I'm so riled up by this. I'm gonna look up I'm gonna look up 2021. I'll look it up. I'm I, I got my computer so free agent so, tight ends. That ah I'm almost disgusted by it. I would even bring back Greg Olson to compete against Tim Tebow. I know Greg Olson retired last year and he's gonna be a I think a Fox analyst. But is. bring him in and you're telling me No man. It I saw that signing today. I saw that and immediately I thought of wait. Not the same position, not the same anything. Obviously, there is more of a limelight shined on the quarterback position, but the league, someone in the league can't bring back Kaepernick. Completely agree. You know, it's a lot harder to find these <laughs> tight ends that are available. It keeps giving me the ones that were already signed. But no, man, I, I completely agree. It's it's baffling to me that, that stuff like that continues to happen in the NFL. And here's a twist on it. Think of it this way, Yanko. Think about the players that were already part of the Jacksonville organization, the veterans in that, in that locker room. Veterans that might have kneeled at some point during the anthem. We're not going to get into any of that. But think about these players that respect Kaepernick and are now thinking, what? Tim Tebow, Tim, you're going to sign Tim Tebow after one workout when Kaepernick can't even catch a break. It could before even one game in the season, it could already start messing up with his locker room. So, so here's something to, here's something to note. Okay. And I was, I just did a quick Google search for it. A tight end at the age of 31, that is to be determined on what, his free agency is going to be, and the last team he was on, Tyler Eifert. Who was we with? The Jacksonville tour. I, I can't believe I was just looking at him there. Tyler Jackson. Eifert, who was on fantasy teams last year. Yep. He's he's got touchdowns. Yeah, yep. it's 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 guys baffling. like guys like Trey Burton. Guys hey, like Rick, Ricky Richard, Seals Jones. Uh-huh. Richard Rogers. He's 29. Yeah, I, I'm looking at guys here. Demetrius Harris, he used to play for the for the Chiefs. He's like a six eight tight end, dude. What? Yeah, no, we we can we, look at it. I see a guy here. He was a tight end for the for the uh, Patriots. Twenty four years old. Jake Burt, free agent. Chase Harrell for the Niners. Twenty four years old. You're telling me none of these guys are better than Tim Tebow? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. There's no doubt that they are. And again, maybe you and me are proved wrong. I just feel th- there's 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 ways of doing stuff. And and to me, this was, was it just it rubs me the wrong way for sure. It does. It does. And I honestly believe that it's a complete publicity stunt. Are Tebow jerseys going to sell? Yeah, they are. Does he bring maybe a thousand more people into the stands? Yeah, maybe he does. He played in Florida. He made a career in Florida. Because it's in Florida, I don't know. Now, if you would have told me that Tim Tebow comes in as a 
consultant of such, maybe a player personnel guy, a role that's different. That's that, different. Yeah. yeah, and then that I go, okay, that makes sense. You know, they they know each other. Him being the coach and him, they had a they have a relationship. They they have some trust in each other, but to play. So think about the undrafted. Uh, think about the undrafted tight ends or whatever. They might come in and they now they bring Tim Tebow and they're like, oh, really? Well, you know, it's like okay, well, yeah, that 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 stinks. I don't, I don't I'm like not, it. I'm not hoping like it. that it implodes in Urban Meyer's face, but if it does, Get it does it. it <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't set the it, it sets the wrong tone in the locker room. I think. Hey, I know Urban. I might come take your spot. I might be 33, but I might take one of those 52-man roster spots. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. So, it, it is. So, is this a way to conclude the Yankle Yeet? Yeah, I wanted. Awesome. To, I'm just. I'm just gonna say that's ridiculous. It sure is, bro. You're ridiculous, Urban Meyer. Ditto. All right, man. So uh, another. So we got a big. We got a big deal this week. We got some sort of football talks this week. Isn't it crazy? And 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 before I go into this. Just so you know, last year's NFL schedule released averaged a combined 700,000 viewers across ESPN and NFL Network. 700,000 people turned on their TVs to watch a schedule of games they already knew were going to happen. But basically to hear grown men talk about games that haven't happened just to know when they would happen. Yeah. Are we nuts? Are we nutty fans in the NFL? (laughs) No, no. Let me tell you something. I'm one of those nutty fans. Me too. This this upcoming Wednesday is very, very important to me because there's a lot of things I want to do. You have to think about a couple of things, Charlie. A, last year, it was hard to go to a football game. There yes. were a couple of teams that opened up a little bit. Yeah. Did you see those prices, though, by the way? Correct. But you could go. You could. Yeah. You could. If I wanted to see Las Vegas somewhere, it wasn't going to be in Las Vegas. And not only was I not able to see them, I wasn't able to see the new stadium. So there's all this pent-up fandom waiting. Mm-hmm. Now, on a personal level, for me, and I'm going to go out and say this, I have a wedding that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned So you're, you're holding on to I'm that. I'm holding Love- on. The Raiders come to Dallas. Every eight years, this is the eighth year. <laughs> My cousin gets married in October when there's a chance that... I you mean, have the date in October already? So? I do. I do. It's So there's a 1 in 17th chance right now. There is a 1 in 17th chance. No, 1 in 18th. Sorry. Because there's 18 well, weeks, 17 games. No, reduce 1 because we already know what the last game is going to be. It's going to be against Chicago. No. Isn't that the 18th game? No, 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 because well, seventeenth game. But you know what? You can reduce it because it's um, it's a divisional game always. The final week is always a divisional game. So okay, okay, okay. Yes, so, yes, so, yes, yes. So one in seventeenth chances. I mean, you got good odds, bro, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like flirting with it, man. I don't like flirting with it. Shout out to my brother-in-law who he is an avid handball player, and he competes yearly in Las Vegas. And so every year he invites us over. How ideal would it be that I can go see him compete, hang out with him, and on the same weekend that the Raiders are home, priceless. 
I have a bunch of friends who are Steelers fans. The Raiders are playing in Pittsburgh. The only way I go to Pittsburgh as a Raiders fan is with people I know. That way you don't get beat up. <laughs> or a bunch of mustard on my shirt or something That's like that, true. right? That's However, true. it goes to show that as a simple, non-biased to usually the schedule Raiders fan, I've got a bunch of pent-up fandom, a bunch of a bunch of pent-up raw sheer emotion to go see games in person and to each their own when it comes to that. But I'm one of those 700,000 people that is going to be, I, I won't be tuned in, tuned in. I have meeting, but if a phone notification happens to come through and I happen to see it, then I, I'm going to look at it. And you know what? I, I, I don't tune in actually on ESPN, but I got my phone from that moment in the morning, Wednesday, I will be checking Bleacher Report update rumors. Is there any? Is, has there been any leaks? I'm hearing this is what's going to open up the, the the NFL season. So let's talk about that. What's going to open up the NFL season? We know one of the teams, and that's going to be Tampa Bay. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to open up. So basically, the way this is is there's only eight options. Well, no, actually less. It's like seven options of teams they could hypothetically play. So these are the teams they could hypothetically hypothetically play. Remember, these are only the teams they're going to host because obviously they're not going to go to the away games. So hypothetically, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could open up the season on September 9th against the Chicago Bears, the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, the Miami Dolphins, the Atlanta Falcons, New York Giants, Carolina Panthers, or New Orleans Saints. Out of those teams, which one would catch your eye? Because remember, this is all about advertising, but I always think the NFL, it, it, it could put a great game, but you can almost put any game and everyone's going to get excited anyway because it's the first one of the year. So you don't want to burn yeah. your best matchup either already in week one. You want those like in the week eight, week nines. But who would you pick? Who would be enticing to say, damn, that's that's a good game? You didn't mention the Packers, right? I did not. They are not on this list. That would have been interesting for me. However, the ones that stood out when you read them off, the Bills and the Cowboys. Cowboys for obvious reasons. I, I want to see Dak perform. And what other way to see Dak perform off a new contract, off a year of you know injury and rehab and whatnot against the GOAT? I, it I, would just stink for Micah Parsons that we've said we were, we're excited for him. Oh, to goal. get killed by the GOAT? He's going to get killed because there's rookies. Bro, especially on defense, it is such a yeah. hard position to play the linebacker. And then to come in against the GOAT, and in America, like everyone watching, suddenly everyone's going to be like, oh, he's a bust. When in reality, that's not how it is. But I like that option. How would you feel? I know this is kind of low-key, but a Tampa Bay against the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a big fan base. Is it far-fetched or is it is it setting yourself for a, for a, for a blowout? Because I, I believe in the Dolphins this season. I just – or is that not I think as it's hypey? A, I don't think it's as hypey. I don't think it's a – because it's the first game of the year. It's usually on a Thursday, right? It is. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is draw as much attention. Not that the NFL doesn't, but you want a good game. So do you remember the Chiefs-Patriots? Was it a Chiefs-Patriots yes. game that was the first game of the season? The one the where Chiefs Kareem won. Hunt, where Kareem Hunt came out of nowhere as a rookie and just tore yes, it up. Yes, and it was a it was a blowout in in Foxborough, right? 
The final year of, of Alex Smith, by the way. Yes, that was a game to see. I mean, that yeah. was that was awesome. I think the NFL will try will try to go for something like that. That's why I kind of leaned on. I mean, the Cowboys are always a draw, right? If it's because you're a Cowboys fan, if you're a Cowboys hater, if the star on the helmet always brings some kind of luster. Well, Tampa Bay versus the Dallas would be an absolute rating machine. Oh, of course. Jeez, Louise. Of course. Here's a a quick note, but it's hard, and the NFL won't do it because of the uncertainty of who's starting at quarterback. But if I told you right now Justin Fields is starting week one, would Tampa Bay Chicago be interesting for you? No, man. I think even if just just because Justin – I think just if Justin Fields is a guaranteed starter, that would be interesting. I had to disagree because I feel like Tom Brady would be licking his chops. Remember? Oh no, a, no, 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 no! I'm a, not saying that they're gonna compete. I'm just saying from a from a rating standpoint, the Chicago Bears and their fan base with their new toy against the goat, dude. I mean, that is that is publicity to the max. I think you're. It is publicity but you're looking at a scope that you're trying to attract as much people to the game but at the same time trying to make sure that uh, you don't lose that luster i think if if you start getting games like that they start becoming kind of like that thursday night game that uh, someone watches but thursday night after week one right right yeah yeah, yeah. you're trying which to pull always, ratings you're, which is you're always try- like a jaguars versus Yes, versus, like the color rush version yeah. of Bills and whatever. And Jaguars, but, yeah. Yeah, I think if you bring in the AFC, AFC team Bills to Tampa or Tampa into – remember, Tom played in the division. He knew how to compete against them. He did compete against them. And Josh Allen coming off of an AFC championship. They made the AFC championship, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Think about it. If the Bills beat Tampa week one, oh, that Bills Mafia is stock what? is sky high. Josh but if they Allen. Lose? That's why. That's what I was going to go. If they lose, you were just in the AFC Championship. You were supposed to be this. All the hype around it and who the Bills are. My, my only. To my, see no, no. I, and I, I, I would be excited. Super excited for that game. My only fear with that is if we compare the Bills Mafia and the Tampa Bay fan base, other than the new bandwagoners that are going to show up, because obviously bandwagoners show up, is there a lot of fan bases between these two teams? Not so much. So if I had to put money on it, I would almost guarantee that September night we're going to see Tampa Bay against the Cowboys. I just get that vibe. I just feel that's coming. If you had to put money on it, who would you say? Yeah, man. I mean – you don't think Jerry Jones is over there with Roger Goodell saying, hey, uh, can we get that Thursday night game over here in AT&T? Mm-hmm. It's, it's happening. Well, it's actually going to be in, in Raymond James, but yeah. Well, re- re- yeah, it's in Raymond James. But but, but the Cowboys don't matter. I mean, regardless, they're gonna. They're, it's America's team. It doesn't matter what time they play, when they play. It, it's. I think seeing it, Dak for the first time, you've got a defense that's going to get truly tested. Uh, it's a draw. So I'm looking at the schedule and uh, not the actual schedule, but some of the matchups that are that are popping up just to look at a few before we go into the butterfly effect. One of them that catches my eye is 
how about Tampa Bay going to Foxborough? Tampa Bay against the New England Patriots. Where would you hypothetically put that game? Is that a Sunday night? Because maybe it, here's my take. I wouldn't be shocked that this Tampa Bay and New England suddenly is like that week two Sunday night game where the where the New England the Tampa Bay Bucks get back to back primetime where they get the Thursday night to open the season and then they get that Sunday night to to start off the season on the road. Because you don't want to play the Patriots later in the season because you don't know how bad they might be. But from a rating standpoint, Tom Brady back to Foxborough, that's got to be up on the list on some of the most watchable games for next year. I think regardless of Tom winning the Super Bowl or not, just Tom coming back is a, is a huge deal. You As competitive as Bill is. <laughs> What's bigger, Jenko? Winning the Super Bowl, his seventh Super Bowl? Are going to Foxborough and beating Belichick for Brady. Because oh believe it or not, I wouldn't be surprised that for Brady, that game is bigger than that seventh ring. Because he's already got so many rings that it probably doesn't matter. That's why I'm saying that. It would not shock me that for Brady, that's more important. I, I think it's up there because Brady is also very competitive. Yes. Brady is also trying. I think he already proved the ultimate point. I can win without you. But to win without you at the highest level, and then go into Foxborough and beat you? That's I don't different. care. That's, that is literally drawing the line and saying you made a mistake. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the biggest game to me, but this hinges on Aaron Rodgers, but let's imagine Aaron Rodgers is going to continue being the Packers quarterback. The Green Bay Packers at the Kansas City Chiefs. That, I mean, right off the bat, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers, you could say, Super Bowl, maybe Super Bowl preview. You can hypothetically think that that's an exciting game. I that's thought one one of those new seventeenth games. That's one of those one of those games yeah. that's going to be added. So that's exciting. That in itself is going to be pretty cool. It's, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because there's a new dynamic in the league with Tom Brady going to Tampa, winning in the first year. The power rankings have now shifted. The NFC has now shifted. The draft, I think, definitely shifted a couple of things, especially at the quarterback position and competition. And then you've, you're going to have the games that matter. You're mm-hmm. going to have the, ta- the games with teams that historically, uh, there's going to be teams, I think, should win games and then lose the gimmies. There's yes. going to be the surprise team. And this, this new 17th, game is definitely going to add a wrinkle that none of us have ever seen before there's a lot to look forward to in this upcoming season but the schedule release i mean it molds my thursday nights it molds my monday nights it molds i mean everything everything Everything. you you start planning now especially for the people that that got your wives out there you start maneuvering these dates and you start thinking okay so this sunday i can do this i can work it like this I got an early game this Sunday, so that means I can work the afternoon. I got a Sunday night game, so I definitely can. Oh, I got a Thursday night here, so for sure I can't do nothing. That you start maneuvering it. I'm my asking for the day off. Can't get married. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, my wife was pretty cool though. You know, off off a of topic a little bit, she goes, "Well, if the Cowboys play the Raiders on the week that your cousin gets married, we can just go to the wedding and then fly back." She was thinking the wedding was on Saturday. Sunday, bro. But the wedding's on Sunday, so... Uh, unless you imagine, hypothetically, you could get one of those Saturday night games. It could still make it work, maybe. Oh, 
I mean, that's pushing your luck. That's, but. <laughs> but whatever the case may be, it's 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 exciting. It's it's good stuff. We're excited. Remember, just a little note before we go into the butterfly effect this year. Reports are there will be no doubleheader Monday night game to start off the season. It's only going to be one. Um, that kind of stinks for the for the for us West fans that kind of enjoyed both games. But at the same time, you don't have to go to sleep so late. So that's kind of cool. And week 17, we'll have a doubleheader on Saturday that will be flexed into that. So at that point, you're going to have two beast games on week 18, sorry, to, to finalize this season. So that'll be fun. And something to look forward to. And I, I know it goes into a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of my decision making on who plays win is fantasy. Heck yes, bro. Makes a big difference. It makes a big, big difference. difference how you draft. It, you don't want to go against the best defense in your championship round. Ex- yeah, most most certainly. And then there's a lot, and I don't want to give out too many of my ideologies behind it, but I look at schedule when they're playing. The bye week is a huge, huge deal when you're drafting. And there's so Heck much yes. more, right? But the schedule on every level. From personal life to fandom to podcasting to fantasy Absolutely. football and travel arrangements. If if and when you're going to see some of these games. So Absolutely. big impact. All right, man. So it's time for the butterfly effect. Thank you. I was, I was hoping you would go in with that. <laughs> so we talked about it last week. What would have happened next for the Cowboys? If Dez caught it. So for, for the fans that don't know, which I'm shocked if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what happened. So Dez Bryant Shame caught it. Did he catch it? No, he didn't catch it. No, he did catch it. But yet in the NFL, a catch isn't really a catch. And suddenly we had this controversy. And the 2014 divisional uh, NFC, uh, the, the NFC divisional playoffs, the Packers ultimately win against the Cowboys because of this controversial play where Des Bryant ultimately is ruled incomplete. What happens if that ultimately is ruled a catch? Well, before we go into that, to, to just point out, our good friend Steve pointed out something very interesting. Well, none of this matters because to him, the week before, and I, I, and I had forgot about this, but very true, the Lions that play the, the Cowboys and the Lions should have beaten the Cowboys if it wasn't for a pass interference non-call against the Cowboys that ultimately ended up handing them the win. And so, in, in my yeah. opinion, a very blatant and a very Absolutely. obvious PI. And just to put it in perspective, maybe maybe not as bad, but almost as bad as the NFC Championship play with the, with the Rams. And the, oh, and surely. surely. As bad. It was abs. Oh, my God. The, the biggest thing that stays in my head and lives rent-free in my the football part of my mind real estate of that play is that the linebacker covering uh the tight end doesn't turn around at all brandon pettigrew if i'm not mistaken yes he doesn't turn around at all the ball literally hits him in the numbers i think or in the helmet or in the neck somewhere yeah and the effort by pettigrew trying to catch the ball is evident the guy doesn't turn around the guy falls on him the guy Look, since then, and not because of it, but since then, the PI rule has changed. Yes. Right? Yes. At that time, the turning around and looking for the ball 
was very, very uh, in, how should I say it, in high demand as a part of the rule to look for, the guy didn't turn around. Now, it, it wasn't a scoring play. It, it wasn't. But it was a drive-defining play that would end up being and costing the Lions to their detriment and to Matthew Stafford's career the the win or the loss for the Lions, the win for the Cowboys. Yeah. Look, by, and before by, we, before, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. By no means do do I believe in karma. Okay. No, no, <laughs> but, no hey. way. But if you do, this is one of those things where you can apply it. Heck yes. Now I I have my thoughts on the situation that was was it a catch in Green Bay by Dez? But I love that Steve was able to recall that exact point because if that catch happens, no, now we're not talking about the Lions being the butterfly effect, but if that catch happens, the Des Bryant catch or not situation in Green Bay doesn't happen. We don't, ha- happen. we don't we don't have an update at that point of no. of this whole what is a catch and what isn't that never comes to fruit fruition it just never does yeah I, I think it lasts one year and then they change it again and then it's yes and now it's a little bit better i think it's it, it is has gone to a little bit better it point. is here's a fun fact just and and, and actually di- digging deep into that actual catch fun fact during that year during that regular year the packers mike mccarthy was actually one for six on challenges the only one he got right was the Des bryant actually was an incomplete pass so let's set the stage to remind people of what's going on okay it's the fourth quarter and it's not the nfc championship it's the divisional round really cowboys, yeah yes 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 because then they played the seahawks you're absolutely exactly right. cowboys go to green bay it's the fourth quarter with four minutes 42 seconds left green bay has one timeout dallas has two timeouts if you really think about it, you can add a timeout to each team because the two-minute warning is coming. Now, Tony Romo at the helm. He has an empty backfield on fourth and two. They need two yards. Two yards. You're talking about a team that has Des Bryant. You're talking about a team that had Jason Witten. Tony Romo, a very serviceable quarterback. DeMarco Murray in his record-setting year. Exactly. So, to throw it to Des... The play itself can be criticized. Yes. Now you went you went for it all. You're you're trusting Dez on a level that had he proved it to that point in his career, yeah. Yeah. Because if you remember, he makes a leaping grab over the cornerback on a one on one coverage. I think the cornerback was Sam Shields. Romo lobbed it up, and then you could say that the rest is history, right? Yes. Because there's the the control, not control, falling to the ground, happening. Well, basically, if with that, I remember he caught it, and he, his issue was that he tried to go for the touchdown. If he just catches it and falls down, that's it. It's a wrap. But the fact that these, because they are they are ridiculous humans that can go through ten yards in three steps. That's ultimately his biggest downfall. That as he extends, the ball kind of gets loose and slowly, slowly touches the ground just for a, for a tenth of a second. And, and even when he does, it bounces back up. 
And yes. he catches it as he's rolling into a touchdown. I remember seeing it live. And th guys, this happened in 2015. I remember seeing it yeah. live and thinking, this dude caught it. The Cowboys are, are going to the NFC Championship. I, we talked about it briefly on the podcast. If they win this game, I think the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, man. I think so too because if we don't if we don't forget forget the the the, few, the next game the following week the Packers play the Seahawks remind if we remember that game the Packers had it won and, and the Packers in in efficiency yes. you know there was a yes. fake field goal for a touchdown it was that crazy onside kick where it hit the guy in the head and the was Seahawks it? oh my God Jermaine I mean, Curse catch yes it, oh as a, as a as a diehard Niner fan it bugs me. To know that that year, I mean, oh, they won the Super Bowl because it, it's just, it's very, very hard to swallow. And it goes to note that the original call on the field was a catch. Yes, it was. It was it a was challenge a that overturned it. It was a challenge that overturned it. And I think there was a small caught up in the moment by the NFL officiating because, A, it's two very storied franchises going against each other in the playoffs and if you ever ever don't want to make a call it's in a situation like those i wouldn't want to make a call in a situation like those with so many so much on the line now let's go back a little bit i mentioned it earlier you're talking about four minutes and 42 seconds left in the game right you roll is it is it appropriate to roll the dice on a fourth and two because they're they're i'm looking up the the play and the Cowboys are on their 30, 32? No. Give or take? Yeah. Look, it wasn't a 70-year pass. Oh, so the opposing team's 32. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, opposing yeah. team's 32. It wasn't a 70-yard pass. So it's yeah. the opposing team's. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, my, my bad. It was on the, the opposing team's 32. You have four minutes and 42 seconds left. Let's say you kick a field goal. Now it's 26 to 24. You stop one one more time. You get the ball back. And then now you go for another field goal and win it 27-26. They didn't trust their defense. And would you, though, against, and against that Aaron Rodgers also? It is against Aaron Rodgers. And it's easy to, to talk about it because I'm not a Cowboys fan. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Packers fan. So it's easy to be biased, but when you look at the play, you don't you're trying to catch the defense off guard because you go on fourth and two with an empty backfield. And you said it earlier, DeMarco Murray is having a a career changing year. You have five pass catchers ready to go. Tony Romo immediately, and it's obvious, immediately sees Des Bryant one on one. Of course you're going there. You have to take it. Yeah. You have to take it. I think a lot of it also defined Tony Romo's career. It did. It did because it it was fine. That was the year for the Cowboys because that was the year they finally won a playoff game with Tony Romo. It was finally getting over the hump. And yet, but I'm going to turn it real quick because I'm going to tell you something right off the bat. If Des Bryant catches it, and DeMarco Murray runs it in the next the next play, it doesn't matter. Because how much time did you say was left? There was four minutes and how many seconds? 
four minutes, minutes and thirty. Four minutes and forty two seconds. Okay, four minutes and forty two seconds. So let's say forty seconds fall off the clock. There at that point, they run it in. There's about three minutes left, and guess who's on the other side? Aaron freaking Rodgers. Yeah. So to me, as much as the Cowboy fans love to say that it wasn't a catch, I'm just gonna break it to you guys. Guys, Aaron Rodgers with the ball with three minutes left was going to win the game at the end of the day anyway. It would have been more heroic, and maybe, just maybe, they go on and win the Super Bowl at that point. Okay, but. let's let's stop. Before they – let's let's talk about Super Bowl that year, right? You still have to get past the Seahawks, who are, at the time, a very gadgety team. Yes. Right? They're they're very risk-taking team, and you're having to go to, the, to Seattle. Are you beating the Patriots in the Super Bowl? I am going to say that you are. You're, because, you're saying that the Cowboys beat oh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I am. I am going to go out and say that because that year, I have to go back and check the schedule. And as we do it, because I don't want to talk out of my butt. But I remember that the, the, the Cowboys beat some very good teams that year. And they actually beat the Seattle Seahawks that year. That were an amazing team. If I'm not mistaken, they were the defending Super Bowl champs. So... They go on and beat the defending Super Bowl champs during the regular season. I think they repeat in the NFC Championship. Heck, if you can beat the Seahawks, you can beat the Patriots. Because, Yanko, remind me real quick. Why did the Patriots win that Super Bowl? The interception by Malcolm Butler. Because they didn't run it! So, the Patriots should have lost that game. So, to me, the Cowboys were a better team than the Hawks. So, to me, the Cowboys were a better team than the Patriots. I think the Cowboys won that Super Bowl. So really that, year, that year, the Cowboys only lost four games. They went 12-4. and four. They lost to Philly. They lost to Arizona. They, watched, they lost to Washington, known as the Redskins that year. Ooh. The first game of that year, do you remember who they lost to? I do not. To the, the Niners, you're right, 2014, when we ended up going back. Yeah, I do remember. Yep. That's right. And it was it was that one game, if you remember. I don't know if you remember. This. The Sea of Red. The Sea of Red, yeah. <laughs> where AT&T Stadium was all Niners. Yep. And they, yep, yep, they yep. beat the Lions in AT&T 24-20. Okay? So let's remember that it wasn't like they blew out the Lions that year in the NFC wildcard. They made the wildcard round because they they won their division. However, I think they were like, they obviously well, were don't third remember, or fourth. They remember the Hawks and the and the Packers were just beyond great that year also. Correct. So. Correct. So they they had a strong team. Even at 12 and 4, there were still two other teams that were as good, if not better. Look, guys, fact of the matter is the Cowboys' best as of late since, was it, 95, 96 that the, they won their last Super Bowl? It hurts to be a Cowboy fan because that was probably the year that they had the best window of opportunity to win a Super Bowl. You have a younger Jason Witten, a younger Des Bryant, a younger Tony Romo. Ironically, the guy who threw the challenge flag against the Des Bryant catch is <laughs> now your coach. coach. Yeah, it is. It's now your coach. I think they had two windows, to be honest. It was that window and the one year, I, I remember the year particularly, but the one where they went, I think, 14-2 and two or something like that, 13-3, and three, and they got beat out by the Giants in the first round where they they just lost in the like right away in the divisional <laughs> round. It was just that the, the, the Giants came in and beat them. I think that – I forget I forget what year it was. 
But those were the two years that I remember. I think Bill Parcells was still the coach right before uh, Mr. Uh, Phillips took over. But the Cowboys haven't had many opportunities, like you said. And that was one opportunity. It's so, already hard enough to get opportunities to go that far into the playoffs, unless you're like some kind of perennial su- successful team, right? Cheating bastards. <laughs> yeah. Or you've got Patrick Mahomes. But the the Cowboys, it, the what if. Now, let's say, let's let's change it up a little bit. The Cowboys win the Super Bowl that year. Everyone's career is redefined. Everyone. Oh God. Jerry Jones is looked at so differently. Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett. Bro, Jerry Jones might be dead already. He would have. <laughs> <laughs> he Man. might be. He might have just. All right, guys, that's the way to go. The, you never know. Jason Garrett is not known as a mediocre 8 and 8 guy. They are the. Man, the the, value of the Cowboys shoots up. The free agency is different. The maybe Jason Witten retires a little sooner. Bro, they might go on and win. They might go get another one, another ring. Suddenly, we're not looking at the Patriots with all these Super Bowl ones. You're looking at the Cowboys now at six or seven. And in that year, they drafted Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, Anthony Hitchens. Uh, Who else was there? That was was those are kind of the. Those are the Notable. Main, main names. Yep. Yeah. It, it's crazy because a lot can come out of this one question. But all we know is <laughs> it was an incomplete pass and the rest is history. So good stuff, bro. Good stuff indeed. Let's uh, transition over to our segment, though. Uh, do you want to say one final thought on that? It hurts. It hurts. I was just looking at their squad that year and – was Rolando McClain already there? So that's what I'm looking for. Not particularly, but let me look. Yeah, Rolando McClain was the middle linebacker. He had left Oakland. Yep. To go that's to Dallas. Him up. Tony Romo's backup, Brandon Whedon. Yes, sir. That year. The following year, if I'm not mistaken, is when Whedon had to play like a big chunk of the season. Yes. Running backs were DeMarco, Joseph Randall, and Lance Dunbar. Joseph Randall, the guy who stole. Yeah. <laughs> under- the shop, oh, the, the shoplifter. Who- Idiot. At wide receiver, they had Dez, they had Cole Beasley, they had Terrence Williams, and Dwayne Harris. Jason Winton, James Hanna, and Gavin Escobar at tight end. Remember Gavin Escobar, a second-round yeah. pick who was supposed to be, like, the next Jason Winton? And yeah. then he just... There hasn't really been a uh, an heir apparent to, to Jason. Dan Bailey was their kicker, and if you remember, Dan Bailey was was a, awesome. Yes, he was a he was a guy that was consistent. It was a guy that was consistent, and no surprise here. It sucks, but no surprise here. Maybe it would have been a little different for them in the game. On the reserve list on IR, Sean Lee. E, surprise. Her, Orlando Scandrick was suspended for a little bit that year. Uh. Demarcus Lawrence was on IR for a little bit. Wow. I mean, you're looking at a, a team that had Anthony Hitchens, Ronaldo McLean, and Justin Durant as linebackers. These were guys that that in that year encapsulated were good. Tyron Smith was their line. Zach Martin was a rookie. Uh, Ronald Leary, Hankins, Doug Free, Travis Frederick. I mean, you start naming some of these guys on the list. And they were, 
they were stacked. Yeah. No, they, 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 sure, they definitely were. They absolutely were. That was, but, a, it was a good team. But as we said, it wasn't a catch, bro. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's simple. It doesn't matter. All right, bro. So would you rather real quick? um, Funny, because we thought we didn't have much to talk about. And we have actually talked a lot about different stuff. I'm I'm very surprised. Good stuff for sure. So let's go to the would would you rather. Do you want to go with your question? Yeah. And I I saw this question on a uh, another someone, something else I follow on social media. Okay. Would you rather? Win three Super Bowls or have won a Super Bowl being undefeated the whole year. And you're talking to me as a player or as a fan? Uh, Let's go both. As a player? Actually, no. I'm going to take it back. It's the same answer. I would take the three Super Bowls. Now I would take the three Super Bowls because to me, three Vince Lombardis to add into my arsenal of of trophies. Heck yeah! No, I would take three years. Three years. Now it's it's a little questionable to say because no one, no one has gotten or has there. No, there's one year. Was the, it the Dolphins? Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, the Miami. The Other than the Dolphins. Dolphins, have won the whole year and won the Super Bowl. The last team to try to do it. The Patriots. But, but T, I would argue to say, I don't give a damn. <laughs> because it, it, does is that Super Bowl worth more? I don't think I, it's worth I don't think it's worth more. If, I you're, think, I, if you're looking for legacy, if you're looking for being a part of something that you could say that you were part of and no one else was, then yeah. It all right, so is. Yanko, who was the quarterback that started for the 72 Dolphins? These are facts. That's what I'm trying to get to. I and, and we don't remember that. But yet, ask, ask, you know, how many Super Bowls did Joe Montana win? He won four. Steve Young won one. They're at five Super Bowls. And then, you know, that's my take. I just feel legacy, yeah. But I remember three Super Bowls. I could hypothetically forget one. And even if they win them all. True. And there, there aren't that many guys that have won that many Super Bowls or a Super Bowl in general. Ironically enough, another Miami Dolphin, Dan Marino. Great yeah. guy. Great but quarterback. But didn't win it. Didn't win it at all. And ask him, ask him, Dan, what would you have preferred? A perfect season or get the ring? And he would have said, get the ring any day of the week. So to me, as a, as a fan, if I can get three rings, I don't care if I won them. And I game into the playoffs eight and eight every year. As long as I made it and I got hot, look at let's look at the Giants for example. The Giants and with Eli Manning have two rings. The Packers since 09 have one ring with Aaron Rodgers. Who's better, Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is going to be around forever. Which fans have enjoyed it more? The Giants have. They got two more rings to show. That's my take. I just feel I'll take the rings any day of the week. To me, it would take three Super Bowls to give up one year of undefeatedness from start to finish. So it would, it, that's the price, three. That's the price. That's the price. And that's what I. That's why I said three. Because if you say two, look, 
two Super Bowls versus one, however you cut it, is still better. But now I'm starting to flirt with the idea, wait, I could get one Super Bowl, but go undefeated the whole year and be known as one of the greatest teams ever. Ever. I might not remember the quarterback of the Dolphins in 72, but I know there was a team that existed and they must have been hecka great. Yeah. They must have been super awesome. That's why I say three. Because if if you ask me personally, two Super Bowls or one undefeated, I might go with the one. I think I would. And and you know what, Inko? I would still go with two just because of the sake that I want. It's quantity over quality in my sense. Two rings, because when I talk about the Niners organization, I want there to be seven rings up there, not six. And not just to say one of them is undefeated season. No, 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 no. I want seven. I want to be the top of the top. I want I want to be I want to be the Patriots and the Steelers organization that could say we have six. We and, and the Niners have five. I want to get to six and I want to get to seven. That's how I look at it. I care about the bigger picture rather there's than only a, a handful of teams i think it's niners steelers patriots that have six or more no the niners have five, five. one they, they've been to seven but they have as well as the cowboys the cowboys are also at five steelers and and patriots are at six the patriots are at seven aren't they no they're at six tom brady's at seven <laughs> well there you go synonymous with greatness right uh and how much more is he is that the question because of what because of what he said? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That he, it's yeah, because I, of what Tom said. It's a good question. It really is a good question. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, I get where the controversy comes in. I just, I'll take quantity over quality. For and sure. someone like Tom that has seven Super Bowls has the luxury to say Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know what? So that's different because seven's a big number. When I heard him say that, I was like, well, yeah. I mean, six and one of them being. The undefeated season? Heck yeah, it's a good trade-off. But when you're a team that only has a Super Bowl or no Super Bowls, heck yeah, you're taking three. Yeah. There aren't that many teams that have three. The Raiders yeah. have three. But that's it. That's it. I know you and I off-air talked about how many, and I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole, but how many teams actually have a Super Bowl and how many teams don't. Yeah. You're telling me that there's teams that wouldn't trade in three. Instead of for one, yeah. But if you're teeter tottering between three and one, but one being the undefeated season, okay. But two and one, I think I might I might lean on the one. No, but. I could see that. I could see that. I really can. I I I just I really wouldn't. I wouldn't personally. But all right, my question to you, and this is more from a fan standpoint: Would you rather attend seventeen regular season games? So. You get to go to 17 regular season games of your favorite team or a Super Bowl that doesn't involve your team. A whole year of watching. You get to go to the entire. They'll fly you in to watch the games. All you're going to do is go to the game. Nothing else. So don't no other vacation. Just go to the games. Every single one. All 17 games. Or. You get to presence the Super Bowl, but it's not your team. I'm going all 17. I'm going all 17 because my, my team isn't in the Super Bowl, man. I know the Super Bowl is an experience, <laughs> but you know what? I, 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 as I wrote this question down today, I was, I was struggling with it because I love my Niners to death, 
but I'm going to go Super Bowl. I, I think in my lifetime I can find a way to go to the games. And I'd probably, I'm too poor to go to a Super Bowl. So, Well, here's, here's my thought process with that. And Josh would say, here comes his PowerPoint presentation. But as a Raiders fan, I really hold the, the Raiders team as a... Your, your, your light is going yeah. to fuck you on your... Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to lose power or not. So There is thunder. There is thunder. So let's go ahead and go quick on this so we can yeah. wrap it up. So real quick, fans, I'll explain later. I'd rather be a fan watching the whole team. Fan experience with a bunch of people that I can party with and like really fan out with. Instead of going to Super Bowl where like I'm going to sit with one person and then just enjoy it. Now, if you said VIP at the Super Bowl, maybe. <laughs> I, bro, I could I could be in the nosebleed seats and I would be. Nah, nah man. If I got Bowl? 17 games in Las Vegas in the black hole, bro, that well, is not, my Super not, Bowl. They're not 17 in Las Vegas. They would be probably eight and then nine in a week, which is actually kind of cooler because you get to go around the entire. League. Even better. Yeah, but but anyway, I would just—it's the Super Bowl, man. Like I think that's a lifelong event. All right, so let's let's go into the mailbag. So we did get a quick question from one of uh, Josh's friends. Just for for time's sake, we won't go into it too much. But the question was basically: out of all the Super Bowl teams that are, are that, sorry, out of all the teams that have never made the Super Bowl, which one is closer to win a Super Bowl now? So just just for sake. Give me, let me let you know who, who hasn't made a Super Bowl. So real quick, there's 12 teams that hasn't, haven't made a Super Bowl. There are, uh, where are they? And I lost the teams. So I I have it here. here. Okay, good. It's the 12 teams that have never won a Super Bowl are Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, LA Chargers, Tennessee Titans, Arizona Cardinals, Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions, Houston Texans, and the Jaguars. They're about to win it with Tim, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, bro. No, no <laughs> joke about that. I would say, if it feels up to me, it, uh, historically speaking, they got very close four times in a row to say with, with, uh, with the Bills. I like the way the organization is being built. If it wasn't the Bills, because of the way they've done things historically, believe it or not, I would say either the Falcons, because I like the way their organization is built. Maybe not the team right now, but I like the organization, or the Brownies. The Brownies are trending the right way. My first hunch is the Brownies, man. And that's because I've uh, I- I've said on this podcast that I think they're going to be, this is their upcoming year. They're stacked. They're playing better. Every year they've seemed to improve. I think the Brownies are there. The Bills are also there as well. I think with the other teams that we mentioned, they've had a little bit downfall. You know, the closest one from that list as of recent within the last five years is the Falcons, but we all remember the 28 to 3, right? And that's going to be buggy. And that's why I said the Bills and the Falcons are kind of hard because. No matter what, it's going to be in the back of their mind. Like, oh man, we might just, we might blow it. It, it, it might not, it, it might not be there. So I, I don't, I don't hate the Browns. I think the Browns, but see, historically speaking, the Browns and Ohio have just had such bad luck. Also, that it, it just, it's, it's still a little bit tough. 
So real quick, before anything, and before we finish, there's only four teams that have never won, that have never even made the Super Bowl. That was going to be my next question, yeah. All right, Browns, Lions, Texans, Jaguars. Safe to say it's going to be the Browns then, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. And something that I want to uh, put out there is any team in any year could capture lightning in a bottle and be. Some of these teams that we mentioned could be a complete bust this year. Or could be completely relevant. I think you're one to say that maybe the Chargers could be on a higher possibility. Yeah. Closer to yes than no to get closer to the Super Bowl than maybe the Falcons. Absolutely. Maybe Absolutely. the Bengals. Yep. Yep. They're doing, they're trending the right way. When you look at the young quarterbacks that have a future, at this list of four teams, I would say the Browns are headed the right way. And the Jaguars. Texans, Lions are a mess of an organization right now. And I don't know what's going to happen with them. Jaguars with Tim Tebow are going to go all the way. Hypothetically speaking, they could totally make it. <laughs> They've got but, Jesus on their side. That's what Tim sure Tebow will do. say. They sure do. Bro, unfortunately, we don't got a director's cut today because Josh didn't join us. But you got any concluding thoughts? Uh, I, I'm surprised we had so much content. We did. We did. Uh, one thing that I did want to bring up is, guys, we not only are football fans for the NFL. We That's our biggest fandom. But we watch sports all around. That's right. We watch sports all around. Take a look at the basketball playoffs. They're about to ramp up. There I'm is nervous. something different about the NBA this year. There's I'm a so play nervous. I am nervous. Yep. I'm a Lakers fan, bro, and I am nervous. I don't want to. I don't want my faith of my season to depend on one game, man. There's a, definitely a play in this year, and it looks like it could be Warriors Lakers on the oh, western side. God. I don't know who the eastern side is, but I've been watching a lot of TNT lately. Those guys are hilarious on inside the NBA. It's definitely a good watch. Uh, something that was brought up uh, talking about the NBA is it's way harder to win a championship in the NBA than it is in the NFL. Kendrick Perkins said that. Something that we can debate uh, later it, on. but Let's do that next week. Yeah. That is the most Barkley comment I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Oh, my God. He is so full of But himself. watch the NBA playoffs. I'm a Mavs fan. Luka has been great. He got ejected with a technical foul yesterday. He That makes it, makes it his 15th, which means he gets suspended one game uh, with, I think, five games left or somewhere around there. So that hurts the Mavs a little bit. I think they're in fifth place on the Western Conference side. So I like to watch basketball towards the end of the season. And then into the playoffs. It's it gets a little dramatic. It's I think better than March Madness to a degree because there's consistency, it's a higher pace, and you're talking <laughs> about superstars. And it doesn't take 10 minutes to get a basket. And exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's uh, something that you can watch throughout the week. For sure, man. I'm just excited because my favorite soccer team, the Blue Cross, Cruz Azul, is Oh my God! Hopefully this is the year. You're—I don't know. If you're a big soccer fan, probably not. Um, just so you know, it's been since '97 we haven't won once against the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe next Monday we're already going to be eliminated. It's the story of my life with this team. Hopefully this is the years. I don't know. You know, I'm looking at the weather, bro. Please be careful. I see that there's a severe thunderstorm warning in your area, so be careful, my friend. Uh, hopefully you're able to upload everything. If not, we will see you next week. Believe it or not, it's snowing in Denver right now. I'm looking at that right now. It's snowing in Denver. What the heck? You're muted, by the way, bro. You are muted. So, you know. But uh, weather is nuts, man. Weather I don't mean to sound old, man. But the weather is nuts. The 
crazy this year. Yeah. Crazy. What? Absolutely. Bro, it's... you take care, man. You take care. Uh, take care of your wife. Take care of your dogs. We'll be, we'll be around. I, I won't be in next week, but Josh right. should be. Josh, you still suck. If not, I'm going to have to go solo, and I don't want to go solo. So. <laughs> if that's the case, hey, let's contemplate having a special guest. That's right. We might just have to do that. Guys, this has been another edition, once again, of the CYJ Podcast. Till next time. Laters. Mike Williams for life. Oh, boy. <laughs>